0: Protect and defend
1: This is Karen Schoen, and you are listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Go FLCA is the website. If you have children in public school, please check out our micro school project. You don't have to live in Florida to do the same thing in your community. And you are welcome to listen to any of the programs that we have discussing micro schools. What are they? A way for you to get your child out of those indoctrination clinics masquerading as public schools. How do I know that? Because I'm a teacher and I know what they're not teaching. And that's evident by what we're seeing. I believe this country is being run by a bunch of inferior people who have gotten their positions due to affirmative action. We are rewarding mediocrity instead of rewarding success and excellence. And when you reward mediocrity, you get mediocre people and mediocre progress and mediocre solutions to real life problems that go on and harm people. I also say that we've seen the movie and hopefully if you have not, you should and bring friends with you. And I am talking about the movie with uh, Jim Cavazel, focusing on trafficking, the sound of freedom. And this is an incredible movie which should be seen But I also believe that if our government wanted to end this drug crisis, they would do that. But I don't believe they want to. I believe they want to participate. And I think that's where all of our policies are coming from. Now, how could I say that one? Well, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal that Janet Yellen, what was the first thing she did when she got off the plane in China? She went to a restaurant and ordered four portions of psychedelic mushrooms and then went to policy meetings. How does that work? Well, that's why our policies don't make sense, folks, because I believe that many of these policies are made in drug-filled rooms with a bunch of people that think they are richer and smarter and therefore should make the policies for the rest of us. When all they are is a bunch of mediocre people in a drug-induced environment coming up with insane regulations and nothing to me, was more evident than what their real purpose is by, I have to read this quote because I think it is just stellar of what everybody is talking about. But I'm going to set the stage for a second. Florida used to be the top 10 producers of a variety of food products. This week, Putin said that he is going to pull out of the agreement that he made allowing the ukraine to ship food to third world countries meaning there are food shortages well i thought wow florida it was in the top 5 we have lots of food and when i started driving around the state instead of vast farms with lots of food growing i saw solar panels and wind farms on the exact same places where I used to see corn and uh, peanuts and other food products, so I sent Governor DeSantis a letter, which I'm waiting for, which said, "What do solar panels and and wind blades taste like? Why are we growing these in Florida instead of much needed food?" Of course, I didn't get an answer, but when I do, I will be happy to let you know. And then a strange thing happened. Our wonderful vice president gave a talk. And in this talk, I believe that she revealed the truth of what is going on. And what did she say? She said the climate crisis doesn't impact all communities equally. Low income, rural, native communities and communities of color are often the hardest hit. The Inflation Reduction Act says, when we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Reduce population. Now, where have we heard that before? Oh, absolutely not from the administration. And so when I see something like this And we're talking about climate and what we impact and how our SUVs are going to change the fact that maybe it's hot or maybe it's cold. I scratch my head and I say, I have to talk to a real expert. And I have asked Sterling Burnett to join me today. And he is from the Heartland Institute. He is my go-to guru when it comes to the climate. He's the director of the Arthur B. Robinson Center on Climate and Environment environmental policies managing editor on environment and climate news he puts out an incredible newsletter and i suggest that all of you go to heartland and sign up and get this newsletter i get it all the time and i get a lot of information from it sterling thank you so much for joining me today i really appreciate it and i have a question for you and i bet you know what it is what do you think our vice president meant?
2: No, I think she meant what she said. First off, I want to thank you for having me back on again. I always appreciate being on your show. Uh, secondly, you look every so often, the environmental left, the, the progressive, the, the extreme wing uh, of the progressives say the quiet part out loud. And the quiet part is, The fundamental problem on Earth is people. There's too many people, according to them, using too many resources. And if they can't get control of the population, then they really can't, quote, save the planet, unquote, from global warming. You know, global warming is their big issue. But I think that's just a power grab. They've always been about people. They've been arguing that population is a problem since the 70s with or the late 60s, since Paul Ehrlich first, you know, raised it, uh, if you don't want to go back to Malthus. And uh, what's telling is not just that she said that, because I think for her that was, it was the truth, but it was a slip of the tongue. I think she meant pollution, but it's the truth about what she and they think. It's a Freudian slip, so to speak. And sometimes they say it. They say, you know, there are people out there Uh, that think the ideal human population is uh, 200 million people or 500 million people or 1.2 billion people. And the point is, since we're around, you know, uh, 8 billion people, the question is, how do we get there from here? And I have a feeling they have a strong views about, about uh, uh, who should go to the wall uh, to save the planet. And uh, interestingly enough, I think it would be a lot of the, uh, the black and brown people that she says she's worried about because they don't want them to develop. They can't develop like we did. They want to keep their playgrounds in place, the, the rich elite, want to keep their playgrounds in place. And that means keeping poor people poor. That's why, you know, she says, oh, electric cars. Poor people don't drive electric cars. Yeah. It, 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 they can't afford them. And they're not making them cheaper. They're getting more expensive. So don't pretend like forcing people into electric cars is helping the poor, because it ain't. (laughs) Don't pretend like shutting down uh, factories and chemical plants to prevent emissions is helping the poor, because that's what employs the poor. And the most telling thing, you know, the thing that really reveals the insight is that the largest, by far, emitter of greenhouse gas emissions on Earth is China. China's not just number one. They're more than double U.S. emissions. They are they emit more by themselves than every other industrialized country on Earth. And yet they say, we're not going to cut emissions, though we expect we'll peak emissions sometime after 2030, between 2030 and 2050. Peak at what level? They're already double the U.S. and more. So... Why do they like China? Why do environmentalists love China? It can't be because of their emissions profile. It's because of population control. China enforced strict population control. It has brought down their birth rate. And that's what they want for the US. No, that's what they want for the world. They want the UN to control things, not some not some uh independent US government or Europe or You know, any individual country, they want czars at the United Nation to manage world population, among other things.
1: Wow. Well, I believe you're absolutely right. And I remember in the 70s when all of this, it it, it wasn't started then. Don't get me wrong, folks, except what happened was it was marketed at that time And a group called the Club of Rome Mm -hmm. decided that in order to control the people, the best thing that they could come up with was climate because climate affects everybody. And this way, if they could figure out a way to blame climate on humans, they would have a home run. Who was at this meeting? This was the Club of Rome, and the Club of Rome is a consultant think tank to the United Nations. And the usual suspects were there. Bill Gates, George Soros, Kissinger, and uh, the Prince, uh, I guess he was the prince at that time of England. And they were all at this meeting. And what did they say? What came out of it? Well, I found a quote from that while you were talking, Sterling, and it said The common enemy of humanity is man. In searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fill the bill. All of these dangers are caused by human intervention, and it is only through changed attitudes and behavior that they can be overcome. So the real enemy, then, is humanity itself. What a bunch of self-loathing people. (laughs) They Oh, no, 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 no. no.
2: I think you're being unfair. They don't loathe themselves. They loathe everybody that's not them. Right. right? It's it's. When they say, we've got to control the population, they're not jumping off the Empire State Building, but they're encouraging other people to do so. <laughs> population, it's population control for you, for thee, not for me, according to them. Because uh, we, we are the enlightened elite, you know, the Harvard Dons, the, the government swamp insiders. We know what's best for the world, as if the world has feelings and wants and desires. And what's best for the world is fewer people using fewer resources. And how do you get to that? Well, people don't seem to be voluntarily uh, joining the, uh, 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 what is it, the human extinction project. There is that out there, Uh, the voluntary human extinction extinction, uh, project. So you got to have big government, big government's got to control population breeding who can breed what resources they can use what types of appliances what types of transportation they don't want us flying average people flying while they take private jets you know john Kerry. god just on capitol yes. hill last week he was oh first- yes but he yeah, said he talked, wow he talked he talked about uh oh don't you have a problem? oh no we uh, it was my wife's and uh, we sold it yeah did did he say who he sold it to? No, his friends that run a solar energy company. <laughs> and so he gets, still gets to fly on it <laughs> uh, because because they're basically they, they, they bought it from him. It's a solar energy company. What are they doing with a private jet? Shouldn't they be flying commercial? You know, he when asked why he took private jets before he before his wife sold the jet. Mind you, she didn't sell either of their yachts or any of their homes or anything else like that. Uh, He he said, because I'm important. I can't be, (laughs) he said, I'm too important. I can't fly commercial. Well, that tells you everything you need to know. He has disdain for average people. They're not supposed to fly. They're not even supposed to drive. They're supposed to stay home and uh, put on masks, I guess. Um, But he jets around. Uh, you, You talk about the original jet setter. He's one of them, right? And, Absolutely, uh, and and so he admits it. I mean, he he asked; he's forced to admit it. And you know, the people uh, that questioned him last week it really took him apart, saying, "Look, you know, it's not just that you're a hypocrite; it's that it's that there's not a damn thing we in the U.S. can do to prevent climate change, even if you think we need to prevent climate change, um, because of the because of China." And yet they won't go hard on China because they want China to cooperate on climate change. So they won't, they, they, they've abandoned any idea of we care about human rights. They're as fast as they can, as far as I can tell, selling Taiwan out. They don't care a whit about the Dalai Lama or Tibet. All they care about is climate change. And if they can get client China, not to actually cooperate, but to pretend with, crocodile, with a crocodile smile saying, oh, yes, we're going to do something about climate change. He'll come home and say, we had a victory. Sure, enslaved people are, are, are enslaved, child labor is being used. Sure, their emissions are going up, but they promise they're going to do something about that. So we've had a victory.
1: It's unbelievable as to what these, quote, leaders are doing and and saying. And the people, well, the whole goal, folks, of Marxism is to get a frightened group of people who will coalesce and demand that the government do something. And that is exactly what they are setting out to do. Um, but I, I don't believe that uh, banning a gas stove, Sterling, is that going to fix the climate? What would a world- I heard a speech by Bill Gates, and he said he would like to live in a world with zero CO two. Could you explain to me how that would work?
2: <laughs> well, uh, the 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 difficulty, Mr. Gates. Another, it, it, you know, look, he's he's got to be an intelligent man because he did create things that have changed the world. So I'm not going to call him an idiot, but he should think about what he says before he says it. I, I, I believe because he can't live in a world without CO2 because it would mean he'd have to stop breathing.
1: Well, that's what I wanted to ask him.
2: I Maybe mean, he I, yeah, could stick like, his head in a bag like and all, uh, all, all he wants to live in a world where he doesn't, he never exhales. Right is is basically what he's saying. He wants to live in a world where plants can't photosynthesize because they require CO2. They take in CO2 as fertilizer and food and they emit oxygen. They grow. They provide the basis of the food chain, the food pyramid. So the herbivores eat the plants. The omnivores and the predators eat the herbivores. And the, the omnivores eat the plants. No plants, no life. No CO2, no life. Gates needs to learn a little bit something about, about physics and biology and the way the world works before he speaks.
1: You're so right. And unfortunately, the classes that are lacking the most in school, aside from reading, writing, and math, would be science. Because. Oh, any- no, no
2: you got a lot of science. It's just political science.
1: Ah, yes. Or
2: politicized science, right?
1: Yes. They want climate change to be the central organizing principle for all education. As a former teacher, I cannot understand how that would work. Um, And I think that our problem is that we don't challenge them enough, Sterling. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they come out with these stupid programs, nobody says – prove it. Nobody says, how is not using a plastic straw going to save the environment? Because what they do, I believe, is they conflate and confuse and twist pollution with climate. Pollution is not climate. Yes, pollution is man-made. Yes, we have done amazing things to stop pollution. But that's harmful. And the things that are going in the air now are necessary we get rid carbon of
2: carbon dioxide emissions is necessary yeah.
1: necessary necessary and all of the other gases that we need uh, Now now and trying they're trying to eliminate nitrogen so how do we fertilize our plants i guess we don't so again we're back in the same thing that we have no food which is to me apparently what they're driving at
2: yeah, i don't no. believe
1: it, that that's what they're driving at to create Europe- food shortage
2: in Europe and developing countries, they're actively trying to suppress nitrogen fertilizer use, right? I mean, yep. uh, the Netherlands is trying to buy out farmers. They, they had them cut their fertilizer use, and they said, it's still not enough. We want you to permanently bought out. And if you won't sell, we'll take. In, in Indonesia, um, I, f- I forget. I, I think it's Indonesia. It may have been another country down there in Southeast Asia. I think it's Indonesia. They actually... Uh, you know world bank world economic forum oh y'all y- y'all could be the beautiful test case the 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 poster child for the fight against climate change so they got rid of all artificial fertilizers within a year they had food shortages and prices more than doubled they had riots and not just riots it, it's not like france where you burn a few cars and any everything goes back to normal no they overthrew the government they burned the, the the president's house, uh, he's gone. And uh, I have a feeling that they're bringing nitrogen fertilizers back. But that's one of the things that uh, Biden and company want to get rid of. A necessary component for modern agriculture. Let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of CO2 because we all know that, you know, uh, we don't need plants. Um, it's It's maddening.
1: It is. It's very maddening. I believe you're talking about Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. Yes. Sorry. And I recently read that the Netherlands, the farmers got together and they had a small political party. And as the government was doing this, they increased their numbers. They took over their equivalent of the the, of the uh, legislature with the farmers party. And they just uh, they are premier just signed resigned um because of what they were trying to do to the farmers, so now the farmers essentially will be in control of uh, the Netherlands policy and hopefully will be a lot smarter than what they had but I don't think people realize that the nether that as eaters <laughs> as consumers of food. We get food from all over the world, and no matter if one country slows down, that could be devastating to hundreds of countries.
2: Well, the the Netherlands was the largest uh, provider of of meat and and some other vital products for entire Europe, and yet that's where they started to cut uh, farming and uh, you know and and of course the world is now suffering because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, and and Russia now says they're backing out of the grain deal. Look, in the end, people have to eat. Uh, every animal has to eat. and if they're not predators, they're prey. I mean, if they're not predators, if, if they're if they're herbivores, they have to have plants, plants have to have CO2. And in fact, we know. We know for a fact. there's no debate about this that plants do better under higher CO2 levels. There's a reason why they pump CO2 into greenhouses. They grow faster, they grow stronger, they photosynthesize better, they produce more food.
1: Isn't that amazing? And that's one thing that you'll never learn in, in your science class, how sad is that? Um, these groups that follow agriculture, I can't, I mean, it. it, it again, it makes me crazy when I see wind farms and solar farms where I used to see food. Um, and I think that that is a, a, a real travesty. And I think we're going to be facing incredible food prices. Sterling, I have some technical questions that I'd like to ask you. So if you'll stay with me for the next uh, segment, that would be wonderful.
2: Look forward to
1: it. And tell everyone where they can find you.
2: I'm with the Heartland Institute, www.heartland.org, They can also find our work at uh, heartlanddailynews.com. And they can find my newsletter at Climate Change Weekly. Uh, I think it's climatechangeweekly.org, but they can go to the website and sign up.
1: Yes. And folks, please do. You will get a world of information that will help you to be able to ask those why questions, because you'll have the answers. And we have to stop allowing them to make these statements that are irrelevant, meaningless, and have no truth behind them, Just to frighten us, we have to get over that. And the only way to get over that is with the truth. And hopefully you're learning the truth from this show and many others that are out there as well. But I have uh, delved a little bit into farming on my property. And man, I... Give those farmers a tremendous amount of credit knowing the things that they are up against on a daily basis. And now taking away fertilizer and trying to take away CO2, man, that will devastate the farming industry. So we have to be smarter than that, which is why we need the truth. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education. We are brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and that is goflca.org. Please go to the Alliance, sign up, and learn what the micro schools are all about. Help your children to learn the truth. I can be found on my Substack, which is karenshone.substack.com. Please read my articles and If you have a question, if you have a suggestion, if you have a comment, feel free to answer to put down a question. I'll be happy to answer them. And don't go away, folks, because we'll be right back.
2: Cofix Rx Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend.
0: From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness.
3: We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R.
0: T, HealthyCell.com, code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD, Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. Americaoutloud.com join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Outloud Talk Radio, The Liberty and Justice for All.
1: Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, and that is goflca.org. Please check us out. We're doing amazing things, helping the kids get an education, because as everybody knows, after the statistics have come out, America spends more money on its students and- and gets less value because our students are not being educated. And right now, we have been talking with Sterling Burnett from the Heartland Institute, and we've been talking about the hoax of climate change. Now, why can I say that's a hoax? Well, I went back and I did a little digging from some of the people that created this in the 70s to see what they actually said about climate. And I found a couple of very interesting quotes. One of them was, no matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. And that was from Christine Stewart, who was the former Canadian Minister of the Environment. And the next one is, from Timothy Wirth, who was the president of the UN Climate Foundation. We have got to ride this global warming issue. Even if the theory of global warming is wrong, we will be doing the right thing in terms of economic and environmental policy. And of course, my last one and favorite is from Professor Stephen Schneider, who was a Stanford professor of climatology. How he ever got there, I have no idea. But he was the lead author of many of the IPCC reports. And he said, we have to get some broad-based support to capture the public's imagination. So if we have to offer up scary scenarios and make simplified dramatic statements and make little mention of any doubts or facts. Each of us has to decide the right balance, what is between being effective and being honest. Boy, they have laid out exactly what they intend to do. And this is an an economic plan, not environmental. So I am going to ask you, Sterling, who is the IPCC and why do they have the right to tell us what to do?
2: Well, The IPCC stands for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It is a body that was created under the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, uh, signed on to by President George Bush, uh, the first Bush, back in uh, 1990-92 after the first Earth Summit in Brazil. Uh, Now, to be fair, uh, they don't have the power to force us to do anything. They don't have the right. They don't have control. Uh, I, I long for the day the Blue Helmeted UN troops land on Galveston Bay. Um, they, you know, they're ineffectual. They only have the authority and the power that we grant them. And uh, we have made many climate agreements since the first one. <clears throat> Not a single one has ever been successful in meeting its goals. Uh, we have been warned many times by the IPCC and people who contribute to it and people who support it that if X date comes and we haven't made X change, the world is will end. It'll be too late. Uh, I mean, I, I can't I can't remember how many times I've heard that. Those dates, many of them, have come and gone, uh, and the world didn't end um
1: didn't Greta even tell us I mean we're past our t- due time with her we were supposed uh, to be. Uh, we're past gone. the due
2: time the Prince of Wales now the king you know the, the 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 Al Gore has said various things about things that should have happened that haven't happened uh as far as I can tell, these climate alarmists have made hundreds of predictions not a single one of them ever right and um uh, but they keep trying they're like a death cult they' they're truly like a death cult. They, they believe, you know, that, that one of these millennial cults where the end is near, they set a date certain that uh, uh, Lord, the Lord or the aliens or whoever it is are going to come and take them away and end the world. And that date comes and goes and they say, oh, well, we did the math wrong. Uh, it's, it's now this date. A um, hundred years ago, 150 years ago, people still in the street corner holding placards saying, repent, the end is near. Uh, Most sane people cross the street to avoid them. Uh, Now we invite these same people into the halls of Congress to testify. Um, And they're just as wrong as they were then. Now, they also have the same, you know, uh, human sin is the cause um, of the incoming, of the end times. And in this case, the human sin is fossil fuel use and too many people using fossil fuels. And to repent, you've got to give up your fossil fuels and you've got to give up the, the right, the ability to uh, procreate. Only certain people should decide who can procreate and when and how many times. Um, like I said, this, this is why they love China. They, they, they have said so many glowing things about china and it's like how can you say that when you when you admit that they're the largest emitter when when it's acknowledged that they're the largest emitter it's because china has the kind of population control they think everyone should have
1: and that is exactly what they're striving for and we can see that by what they have said this is all about changing the economic structure and changing people's habits. They don't want you to have a gas stove. They don't want you. Why? I would think probably because they're not in control of gas, maybe in uh, America, maybe uh, like in other countries, they want to be in control of everything. And in America, it's a little different. Different. They can't control everything. They can regulate, but they don't own Um, And, uh, you know, I think that this is a a major part of the problem. They're not going to be happy until they own the fossil fuel industry and then they can dole out what they want. I even read that in there um, that they have been picking, obviously, on the airplane because I don't see how you can get uh, solar panels or a wind turbine on an airplane. How is that going to work if we have no fossil fuel? I don't see how that's going to be possible. So when you look at their plans for 2030, 2035, they have cities without airports. How are we supposed to get around? We're not.
2: Well, yeah, that's the point is we're not. In any in end, it's about doing with less. If, if they have their goal. You know, now it's net zero by 2050. But if you Now years what does ago,
1: that mean? Uh, uh everybody there sh- net zero net zero net zero. What does that actually mean? How is that going to affect us?
2: Well, it means that whatever carbon dioxide we emit is scrubbed is it's it's it's, it's balanced out so we are uh on net not adding any additional carbon dioxide to the atmosphere. Now before do they breathe? had net zero well, no, no, no. Remember, it's net zero, so you can breathe, so long as we plant a tree to suck it up. I mean, it's it's net zero, but uh, even before that, before that, when they were were eighty percent below x, eighty uh, percent carbon dioxide emissions below twenty two thousand five levels, or five uh, percent below uh 1990 levels you know they they set these different goals right now it's net zero but they've set these different goals well where would that put us what would our emissions be there there was a time when we were net zero which means the world was sucking up all of our carbon in addition to the to the carbon put out by other parts of nature um and when when we were when were we like that well in the early 1800s so if you want to go back to no indoor plumbing and no lighting and uh Certainly early to bed, early to rise, uh, you know, no corrective lenses, uh, no uh, uh, treated water. Uh, we can get to net zero. All we got to do is give up everything that's made modern society possible. Uh, we got to live like people in developing countries who still have energy poverty live, which means dying prematurely, having lots of uh, uh, of uh, children die at child, you know, and women die during childbirth or shortly thereafter. All we got to do is go back to those wonderful days when we had nothing and, and we could be at net zero.
1: Now, will they be at net zero? Will they have nothing too? Are
2: well, they giving up? No, we'll have to give up twice and three times as much so they can continue to
1: fly privately. Oh well, that's only fair. I mean, after all, they are the elite uh, masters of the universe, and they well, do everything. Look, you can see how it
2: plays out. In New York, they're getting rid of uh, they, they want to get a ga- get, gastos, they get get rid of gas stoves. They said they've got to get get rid of gas stoves, and so and and in California, the same thing. And so the celebrity chefs that they like these four star meals. You know, the mayor likes his four star meals. The governor likes those great meals from uh, you know pick your favorite celebrity chef. Uh, who has a place in there, uh, they say, okay, we'll move out of the city because we're going to cook on gas. And they so they exempt commercial kitchens, the largest source of emissions in the city. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> that tells you, for them, it, once again, it's, it's the hair shirt for thee, not for me. Oh, Doing ab- less for thee, not for me. It's always the elites knowing best for everyone else. And it just so happens that their best always turns out to benefit them pretty good
1: yeah and that's why i don't understand why people don't say okay i'll be happy to give up my whatever after you let me see you give up yours nobody says that um yet we're being told that uh, the extreme weather that we're experiencing right now Um, I remember when we first started studying all of this, and I worked with a scientist by the name of John Casey, and John said, you you know, the sun controls our climate. Absolutely. He said, well, the sun is going to be going into hibernation, and that means less sunspots. And I said, okay, what does that mean for us? And he said, more than likely, it'll be extreme weather. So here we are, <laughs> knowing that the sun is going into hibernation, knowing that the result can be extreme weather, and yet they're saying it's our fault because we're using plastic straws.
2: Well, to be fair, even the idea of, quote, extreme, unquote, weather is sort of suspicious to me. Before we called it extreme weather, we called it weather. Um
1: it, floods
2: have always happened hot spell during the great depression the i think 23 of the 50 states set their all-time high records for temperatures and had the longest heat waves in the 30s long before humans were putting out a lot of co2 um that was more than any other decade as many hot temperature records were set before 1910 in the 1890s to the to the 1910 as have been set since 2000 um back then we didn't call it extreme weather we said it was a hot day uh we said gosh that tornado hit we said oh hurricanes they're bad they are there's no question they are but we had to label them we had to come up with a brand new label To make it seem even worse than they've ever been before, as if hurricanes are worse now than they were before, and they're not. So I'm very suspicious even of the claim extreme weather.
1: Well, I would agree with you on that one. And also, I read an article, and maybe you can explain the difference, and they said that. This weather extreme weather that we're facing really has nothing to do with climate change. It is a result of a la Nina. So what is a an El Nino and a la Nina that is affecting our weather so that our people can go and say, no, it's not we as humans, it is an event. such no, as. it's not
2: just, yeah, it's not just an article uh, early in this you know, late in the spring, early in the summer. Everyone was talking about the next El Nino coming. We've been in three years of La Nina, which which is uh, uh, a Pacific Ocean oscillation, and we were shifting to El Nino, which is a Pacific Ocean oscillation, and they they alter the weather. And the claim was, oh well, if the El Nino comes right now, it will put us over 1.5 degrees, which is what we said we cut to we got we got to prevent before in the 2015 Cl- Cl- Paris Climate Agreement. Well, if we're going to be over because of El Nino by itself, well, then it's too late, right? Uh, The world didn't end. Um, In the end, all these projections, all these claims of doom and gloom are based on climate model projections. And climate models are good as far as they go, as long as you don't take them seriously as a guide for policy. Because there's a lot of things that they can't figure out how to model. Clouds, solar activity, uh, large-scale periodic shifts in ocean currents, like El Nino, like like La Nina, like the Pacific Decadal Oscillation, like the Atlantic Decadal Oscillation, you know, uh, the Indian Dipole. None of these things that have been long acknowledged to impact and affect weather do climate models uh, can they account for so um el nino comes along and at first they're talking about el nino but then suddenly I, I suspect that by august they will cease talking about el nino all entirely and they'll just talk about climate change climate change responsible for hot weather now earlier in the summer it was el nino and climate change but now el nino plays no role you know it's it's Let's forget about nature. Let's just talk about humans as if we're not part of nature.
1: They base their models on what they call the precautionary principle. And that is the worst case scenario that they can come up with. And what did they say about these? As you were talking, I just found another quote. And this was (laughs) this fits exactly with what you said. This was from Professor Chris Folland, who was at the Hadley Center for Climate Prediction and Research. And he said, the data doesn't matter. We are not basing our recommendations on the data. We are basing them on climate models. And by basing their predictions on climate models, you have to program a model to begin with, don't you? You can't just go to the computer and say, give me a model. You have to program the parameters.
2: Yeah. yeah. A climate model will put out any output you want it to put out. All you got to do is build in the right assumptions and right math. And that's the problem. They're supposed to be reflective of uh, reality. You test models. And what do you test them against? The very data he says we don't care about. Are you going to believe? You know, their basic idea is, are you going to believe your lying eyes? Are you going to believe what the data tells you? or Are you going to believe my climate model?
1: And the climate models are something that they program to come out with the same outcome, because these people are what we call outcome-based. They base all of their policies on the outcome that they're trying to achieve. And then they make the models and the statistics fit that outcome instead of using the models and statistics to come up with the real outcome. Isn't that the way it works?
2: I guess, Karen, I'm not going to go quite that far. They build in physics. what we know about physics, and they build in emission scenarios for for carbon dioxide because that's the only thing that matters. Carbon dioxide and methane, that's what we care about. They don't care about nature, uh, and they can't model nature. But what we know is this. Climate model outputs, um, you're supposed to... Models are tools. They're not science themselves. They're tools that are more or less useful... In science, in the scientific endeavor of, under, of gaining knowledge and prediction to the extent that you can. And you test models against reality. And when we test them, they run way too hot. And if they don't get the basic thing that they're supposed to project, which is temperature, right, why should you trust any of their other projections? Now, how do they test them against reality? Where they they what they call hindcast them. So we we backcast, we look and see how they compare to reality. Well, it turns out they don't get the past right, so they force the models to get the past right. They basically say, okay, we're just going to plug in these this data and pretend it's generated by the model. So the models don't get the past right, they don't get present temperatures right, but we're told to trust their projections of future temperatures and all their other projections. That's not how science works. In the end, If uh, the theory runs afoul of reality, you're not supposed to reject reality. You're supposed to reject the theory. That's how science works. Uh, This is not a scientific endeavor. This is a religious faith-based endeavor. And Gaia is the god, I guess.
1: And Gaia is Mother Earth. And Mother Earth is Mother Earth, not a god. That's that is uh, for sure. Um, Sterling, I cannot thank you enough for all of your information. And I have one other question because they also can confuse climate and weather. And can you explain the difference?
2: Well, weather is what we see day to day. Climate is uh, trends in weather over 30 years. That's that's the technical definition is a 30 year year time slice of the weather over a particular area or region. And so um, we often write at Climate Realism, one of our websites, climaterealism.com, that, um, you know, they, they come out with what they call attribution science, where within the day of a hurricane, they, someone's run a model and said, oh, this is 40% more likely because of climate change to have occurred, that absent climate change, there was only a 60% chance this would have occurred, something like that. You can't blame a particular storm or a particular wildfire or particular anything else on climate change. To understand whether the climate is changing, what you do is you look at long-term 30 year trends. And what the trends show us is that there's no increase in heat waves. There's no increase in tornadoes. There's no increase in hurricanes. There's no increase in drought. Uh, so what are we worried about? What exactly is supposed to be making us give up fossil fuels when the climate trends, when climate change, as, as detailed in long-term trends, doesn't show disaster happening?
1: Well, I guess we have to make up a few disasters <laughs> because that's that's the whole idea behind Marxism is to find scary scenarios, rile the people up, and then the people will beg the government to come in and do something. Maybe they can push their magic button and make a hurricane go away. I don't think so. I'd like to see all of them in D.C. come out during the middle of a hurricane and and just blow on it and tell it to go away because that's how stupid they are and how ridiculous they sound sterling thank you so much uh your information is always incredible and very much appreciated so i will ask you if you'll come back again and uh give us another lesson on the reality of climate
2: well be happy to just uh let me know when you want me on again when some uh pun fully intended hot hot topic Arises that you want to cover. www.heartland.org, www.heartlanddailynews.com. You can find it. You can find me. I'm for good and for bad. I'm not a hard man to find. You type my name in scare quotes into Google, and you'll find a lot of stuff that I do. Only believe half of it, folks.
1: Well, I want to thank you, and and we are. At the end of our session, folks, and I hope that you have learned enough so that when the next climate guru comes to you and says, you're using a gas stove or shut off your air conditioning, I always enjoyed that one. I went to my... uh, county commissioners when they were talking about this and i asked them for the keys to their office and i told them that we'd be issuing them bicycles and shutting off their air conditioning so that we could comply i didn't get a good reception after that one (laughs) but folks that's what we have to do so sterling thank you so much Sterling, I heard and saw that Heartland is having a big event. Uh, Can you share that information with everyone?
2: Yep. Every year we have a a Heartland Benefit Dinner. This year we've got John Stossel, a newsman, uh, as a guest. It's September 8th, uh, 5 to 9 p.m. at the Marriott Chicago O'Hare in Chicago, Illinois. So I hope people will uh, go to our website, heartland.org. And uh, go to the events page and sign up. We'd love to have you there.
1: Thank you. Well, that unfortunately is the end of our segment. And if you're in Chicago, please go to the Heartland Institute to their event. You will... Be amazed at the truth that you hear, and that's why we need to share. So please share this recording, share my Substack, and pay attention to the climate and stop accepting the ridiculous things that these people are trying to push upon us that have no validity at all. Make them prove what they're saying, and not on a whim or on a supposition. It has to be a fact. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance, goflca.org. Folks, go that's your homework. Go to the Florida Citizens Alliance, go to Heartland Institute, pick a topic that you can become the expert in, and stop allowing your legislators to run over you. Take care, have a wonderful week, and I will see you again next week.